0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode.
1: And I'm Aryan.
0: Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us, and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com slash desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. We'd also like to thank our newest patron, Manav Kapoor. Thank you so much for any contributions you make in helping run this podcast. They really mean the world to us. Welcome back you all to your favorite segment where we sit with community stories. Stories from you all that keep you up, keep us up at night. Welcome back to another episode of Chai and Chitti.
1: So Saturday uh, is a code named Desi Day by our listeners now. But for you, <laughs> this Saturday, Shwara, is anything but Desi Day. It is yes. your final attempt of the LSAT, which is the law exam in America.
0: Yes, this Saturday is absolutely not Desi Day for me as it usually is. It's just stress day and law school exam day and lots of logic games and reading comprehension day. Um, so, yeah, it's a stressful time, but I'll be fine, I think.
1: I, I hope this chai and Chitty episode provides you some relief uh, in all the stress that you're facing. Oh, but absolutely. to all our listeners who've been bombarding us with DMs about the second part of Sheena Bora's case, and you know I'm also I've also been left on a cliffhanger, uh, much like all of you. You're going to get all your answers next week. I, I I did some digging. I found some answers out myself. And trust me, Ashwara has so much in store for you. But that's coming out next Saturday, which is a Desi day, as you guys call it. So keep a lookout for that.
0: No, I can't wait to bring the second part of this episode to you all. I'm sorry that you all have to wait for it just a little bit. But I think you're really, really going to love what's in store. All right, Aran, so what story do you have for us today?
1: Ishwara, the story I have for you today excites me so much. It's a story I've heard from my father and many fa- paternal family members ever since I was a kid. And once my dad fi- found out that we were doing Chai and he has a segment, he has been berating me about telling the <laughs> story. And I said, Dad, you know, I can tell the story, but I don't know it as in-depth as you do. So... You, why, why don't you write in to us just as a regular listener? Because you are a regular listener. And so this past week, my dad, along with a relative of mine, wrote in the story. The story is called The Buddha Baba of Golaganj and i i can't wait to share this with you ashwara because even you don't know about the story actually i
0: don't know the story and that sounds so cool that he sent in the story that's that's incredible because we get to hear it from his mouth his own version and uh, that's amazing yeah go for it
1: all right hi arian hi dad how are you thank you um i forgot (laughs) to say hi to you ashwara but i'm sure he, he you know there's a hi for you hidden somewhere there so hi arian hi uncle The below incident is fact-checked and confirmed by the only two living members out of nine living in that house. The characters include my grandfather, Dr. R and Misra, my aunt who is my grandfather's sister, a sick child who is my father and this story has been composed by Manjul Misra and Manutosh Misra. For reference guys, Manutosh Misra being my dad and Manjul Misra being my boa. So here goes nothing. The Buddha Baba of Golaganj. Not all haunted houses are scary, and not all ghosts are spooky. Here's the story of a benign spirit who resided alongside occupants of an old house, unseen by most, (laughs) but sighted twice by a few. This isn't a story though, in the strict sense of the word, but a real-life incident that happened sometime in the 1930s in the city of Lucknow in Uttar Pradesh, India. My grandfather, Dr. R. N. Misra, a surgeon at the renowned King George's Medical College there, had rented a century-old house for himself and his family of nine in the locality of Golaganj, a five-minute walk from his workplace. The family included his wife, his father, his sister, his brother, his brother's wife, and four children between them. It was a rambling and crumbling old house with multiple levels, not all of them fit for living. But Dr. Misra's salary was low and the rent was less, which suited him well. The family had been staying there for a year or so when one of the kids, my father, aged six or so, fell sick. He had a high fever which needed to be monitored round the clock. While the child's mother was kept busy with household chores, his aunt also the family's caregiver-in-chief, took upon the task of tending to him. However, no matter what medicines were given, his fever would just not come down. It would still be better during the day, but would shoot up alarmingly at night. This went on for two nights, and the family were clueless. Medical tests showed up nothing except a simple fever, so they decided to wait it out for a few more days and watch how it went. On the third night, The aunt was sitting by the sick boy's side as usual, and she spotted something very unusual. A short, stocky old man with a flowing white beard, dressed in a white kurta pyjama and brown shawl, holding a lantern, appeared at the room's doorway.
0: Oh my god. That is the quintessential description of an Indian ghost.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very different from... With a lantern,
0: and old baba. Yeah, so different (laughs) from what we would see in a Western movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghosts are allowed to, you know, be ethnically different also.
0: Have their cultural diversity. Yeah, have their their cultural
1: diversity. I'm sure they have a DEI quota in the ghost realm. (laughs) This was out of the blue. It was in the wee hours before dawn, the doors were locked, and this was certainly no time for visitors. But the man was right there, clear as day. He approached the bed, held his lantern up to peer down at the sick child, tossing and turning in a fitful sleep. The aunt, by then frozen with fear, watched in shock and awe as the old man circled the bed, all the time mumbling softly under his breath and then simply stepped out of the room. All this happened in a fraction of a minute, and the man disappeared into the darkness, as swiftly as he had appeared. She quickly picked up the child, cradling him in her arms, afraid the old man might come in again and perhaps harm her boy. Actually, the reverse happened. By morning, the fever was gone. The boy, earlier too weak to speak or eat, sat up in bed and asked for a glass of milk, and some biscuits, obviously. Even the physician attending to him was surprised at this overnight recovery. He kept calling it a Christmas miracle that happened six days before the big day. But the aunt was convinced it was thanks to the benign spirit's blessings. As the boy sat happily munching, she sent up a silent prayer to the spectre above, thanking him for his presence. But the family decided to investigate further. They asked the neighbours about who all had lived in the house before them and if anyone had died here while in residence. They were told a family of four had lived here some 20 years ago and their father, a Malvi, a Malvi being a Muslim cleric, had passed away suddenly due to high fever. The aunt was convinced it was the Holy Ghost she had seen that night. Not just that, when another child in this family fell similarly ill a year or so later, Buddha Baba, as the family had begun to refer him by then, appeared again in the exact same fashion. With oh God. the exact same result. The family knew then they could live happily ever after here with their friendly ghost looking out for them, in sickness and in health. <laughs>
0: that's so sweet and you know that gives me something to hold on to because ever since we've been running this segment ever since i've been listening to horror stories i've always wondered why are all of these experiences incredibly Mm. negative if it is true that these experiences didn't happen there have to be cases of very nice sweet caring affectionate ghosts as well and so it makes me really happy to finally hear one story like that it's casper it's in it's Casper,
1: yeah, it's Casper Singh, you know. Casper
0: um, <laughs> Singh, Casper Misra. Casper, <laughs> it's Casper Misra.
1: Uh, you know, it's to me sharing it with all of you. It's like sharing a family heirloom because I've been told the yeah. story so many times. It's nostalgic. It takes me back to our ancestral house in Lucknow. Um, for as haunted as it is, it, it is a very creepy house. So, yeah, uh, hope you guys liked it.
0: I love that. Incredible story. Thank you, uncle.
1: All right, Ashwara. I'm sure whichever story you have for us now is not sweet or dainty. I'm, I'm sure it's going to no. freak me out. I'm sure Casper is not going to be a fan. So take it away.
0: No. So let's turn the tables to a more sinister <laughs> tale. This email reads, Hello, Aryan and Ashwara, Myself, M, from Bombay and one of your biggest fans. I've been a fan since the very first episode of your podcast, which is the Burari Mass Hangings. I love our listeners, by the way, who refer to Burari and who have heard us since that time because we're not that old a podcast. So it feels really nice to just think that there are people who've kind of stuck along through this journey.
1: Also, I love how my dad's email is the only email with none of the, you know, compliments. It was so (laughs) cut and dry. It was like, all right, get to the story. I don't have much praise for you. Yeah, yeah. get to the point.
0: Alright, so this story continues. When you guys started the segment of Shine Chitti, I knew I had to tell my story to you guys. I'm 20 now and this is the story from when I was 15. That is, when I was in the 10th grade. Our school had decided to take us to a camp. I'm much of an introvert and have always avoided picnics and other events like this. But it was my last year of school and I decided to come out of my shell. And at the same time, my only best friend was also going to the camp. So there was no chance that I could avoid this trip. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this, Saran, but I just feel like school trips are freaky and they're eerie. They usually always take you to these isolated locations in the middle of nowhere. They took us to Auroville and Himachal and Rajasthan. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. and. I think it's also kind of fun to create a scary vibe with your friends and freak each other out but it's always kind of creepy
1: always uh, 100% even if it's not it it could be it could be the most spiritual of places and we'll add a ghost element exactly. to it exactly yeah and it's probably the two of us doing it so
0: <laughs> 99% of the time yeah. it's it's the two of us Yep. Yeah. that's what makes us the true crime podcasters but this story so it's set on a school trip the email continues We were soon taken to the site and there were in total 11 cottages in that place for girls to accommodate. Two were assigned for the female teachers and our principal. The remaining were for the female students. The nine remaining cottages were divided on the basis of the number of people that would stay in the cottages. Three cottages for a group of eight girls, six cottages for a group of six girls and one single cottage for a group of 12 girls. Now, though I am an introvert, my friend is an extrovert. And thus, I happened to become a part of the 12 people group from whom I only knew one dumbass, a.k.a. my friend. We were thus allotted cottage number 9, a.k.a. cottage number C9. The cottage, to say, was the finest of all. It had four well-maintained washrooms, twelve beds, six on one side, six on the other, arranged neatly with the softest mattresses and pillows and the warmest blankets. It had a huge cupboard and was the only cottage to have an air conditioner. We twelve people soon arranged our things and got ready. It was the time when I was braiding my hair, when I suddenly heard a scream. I rushed to the washroom and so did others when the door was opened, and a girl, who was also the head girl of our school, came out terrified with tears in her eyes. We asked her what happened and tried to console her. She pointed to the mirror and we were in shock. Carved on the mirror was a name, Vinod. Now I had used the washroom before her and there was no such thing on the mirror before. The head girl didn't have anything pointy and the washroom also didn't have something pointy that she could use to prank us. We consoled her by giving some logicless reasons and went for our further activities. That night, we returned after a party kept for the students and after having our dinner, we came back to our room at 11pm and had some fun. It was 2am that we gained some sense and decided to sleep because we had to wake up at 6am the next day. It must have been 3.30am or so when my friend woke me up. She didn't answer me, just pointed to the head girl. The girl was clutching her arm and crying, her hair dishevelled. She was a mess. I went to her and the other girls surrounding her tried to console her, but she kept on crying, saying that her arm was hurting a lot. We took her to the medical room, and there we discovered that she had a fracture. We were shocked. Nothing of this sort was there till we were awake. And all of a sudden, a severe fracture. Guys, now I am 20 and still in touch with all of the remaining 11 girls, including my friend and the head girl. But to date, we can't talk about those incidents without a shudder. And most of the times, we avoid talking about it. Hope that you like the story and waiting for crime episodes and Chai episodes. Lots of love. M.
1: I sure more more than scary. This is straight up creepy, because mm-hmm. I mean, if it's true, it sounds more like a human doing it, which is uh, exactly. I, I'm more scared of creepy humans than you know, the supernatural. Oh, than ghosts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, just the thought of being twelve girls in a cottage in yeah. some isolated location and someone creeping oh in from God. perhaps your window and the one thing they choose to do is carve their name oh on God. your mirror sends chills down my spine as a girl who's been on these trips i can imagine it would have terrified me
1: i mean if it was you know vinod loves uh manju or something i've seen many of those all yeah, across that's way less creepy, india you know? that's way less creepy that's i'm like i've seen this before but just your name i agree yeah, there's something eerie about that.
0: Carved on a mirror with something yeah. pointy. It's creepy. Okay, Aran, your turn.
1: Alright, um, so I have another fun ghost. I'm just kidding. Uh, this is not a fun <laughs> ghost story by any means. Hey, Aishwara and Arian. We've all known the delight of hearing or reading a story and being immediately engaged by the opening line, once upon a time. But the way you guys narrate each story seems like thousands of heartbeats are synchronized. I started to listen to your podcast during the lockdown. And trust me when I say this, I was, all in uppercase, hooked. I don't care if I've heard a case (laughs) on your podcast a hundred times before. I listened to it a hundred and first time once again. Both of you have my heart. I mean,
0: that's such a beautiful. Am I in love or am
1: I in love? I love that. Thank you so much. I'm in
0: love. We're (laughs) in love with you, whoever you are.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, I guess I've got to control my emotions and come back to the real reason for writing this in the first place. I'm someone who has heard thousands of spooky stories and lived in a house with evil spirits. I was very young at that time, so I've heard the stories from my parents. Maybe I'll share my stories some other time. Today. I'm not picking up something that I've just heard, but something that I've experienced firsthand. I don't exactly know what it was, but I guess these unexplained slash paranormal experiences make one hell of a story. sure this is a good point, you know. As much as, you know, we can debate whether the paranormal is real or not, and, you know, you know skeptics are out there. I'm, I'm one of them, right? I don't believe in ghosts necessarily. But just yeah. this point that... There is a valence to the story itself. There is a value to the story, regardless of whether it's true, that it's fun inherently. And I enjoy that about these stories.
0: And there's that value to that story, specifically if it's someone's lived experience. What the scientific community says about it, how logical it seems to us is different. But how it impacted a real human or a real family in the moment is what gives it value.
1: Right. You can like talk about Bhangar, for example, all you want or, you know, any famous haunted site and say, well, it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. But again, the entire history of that place, the tourism around it is now built on something. It's all real though, right? Uh, The economy of that place is real. The stories are real, even if the story is not based on reality. But, you know, what is life but many stories, right? Anyway, (laughs) now let me begin. I belong to a Punjabi family based in Delhi with a huge kin. And unlike a lot of families, we usually take trips several times a year. But at least once a year, we try to plan a family trip that includes all of our close relatives like Mamu, Masi and sometimes even Doorki Masi. Basically, aunts, uncles and distant relatives. And of course, my cousins. Although we have our own lives and live separately, that one time when we go on a trip, It seems like the happiest time of our lives. (laughs) I very clearly remember in June of 2015, when we decided to take a trip to Chell, Chell being a hill station in India. We were overly excited solely based on one fact, that all of us cousins will have a separate room to ourselves. After we reached there in the afternoon, all of us took some time to admire the place we were living in. It wasn't really a resort, you know, it was a place amidst a forest with a few cottages. So, let me try to explain the placement of cottages. It was divided in two sets. One set consisted of three cottages, along with a common cafeteria where all the meals were served, and the reception area. The other set consisted of five cottages. The two sets were divided by a very narrow road that consisted of just one streetlight. I, along with my other three cousins, immediately decided that we were sneaking out that night to explore this place. Good on you. Good on you. That's what you should do when you're in a hill station at midnight in a (laughs) 10 on 10 recommend. uh, 10 on 10 recommend.
0: Yeah, 10 out of 10 true crime podcasters recommend that you do that. (laughs) It gives them their material.
1: (laughs) How to get on Chai and chitty 101. You know, this is step (laughs) number one. My cousins and I are a bunch of crazy people. We are the people who will binge watch horror movies at 3am and then turn and twist the entire night because of the stupid life choices we make. (laughs) So like any other life choice, this was yet another one we knew we would regret. Now, it was 12.30 at night. We all stepped out of the room and went down the narrow road. It was so dark. And like any other mountain area, it exhibited a mysterious vibe. But we weren't really scared, you know. It's the adrenaline rush we asked for, and here we were experiencing it. We were having one hell of a night, listening to songs with those wired earphones we used to have. We were walking in a horizontal line, laughing our asses off, when we saw a super weird woman walking towards us. She was dressed in all white. It wasn't scary, but something seemed out of place. The narrow road just had one street light, so most of the road paths were dark. But it was like she emanated light from herself. She was glowing. But we continued to walk. The woman just crossed me, and just when she did, my brother called out to me and said, quote, This lady is super shady. I mean, look at her. End quote. We all turned our heads to check that woman out, but we were traumatized. She was nowhere. The scariest part was, just a few what? seconds ago, she had crossed me. And now, she wasn't there. In fact, she wasn't anywhere. The cousin who stood beside me said she had no face, no facial features. And that one statement sent chills down our spines. We ran back to our cottage and were down with a fever. The next day, we explained this to our family members and the resort staff, only to learn that a woman was raped in this area and was murdered. We all packed our bags and called off the trip. It's been seven years since that incident took place, but its memory is as fresh as a blooming flower. Only and only love for you guys, S.
0: That's terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a there's a there's a there's a woman in white behind you.
0: Don't say that, please don't. Aran yeah. has a habit of doing this. I hate <laughs> it. should is look behind. No, you. no. We're stop on a it. video call right I now,
1: guys. Uh, sure, there is. Turn. This I think you should b- turn. Stop you should, it. You know, there's no. something. No, <laughs> Aran, you
0: you you're the one in a time zone where it's <laughs> night right now. Just make sure you keep an eye out outside your window. <laughs> check under your bed. If You feel something at night. Don't open your eyes. Well done. Well
1: done. Too shame. Too. No, shame. but
0: this this story plays on that theme of hill station creepy vibe with a group of people oh absolutely and that's terrifying
1: it's cabin fever i mean it's your classical cabin, case of fever. cabin fever yep yeah. all right yeah what
0: do you have for us all right so let's move on to our next story this email reads hey and i'm p from Pune. i've been a fan of your podcast since the first episode came out and you guys have been my favorite podcast till date I had sent you guys a story about one of my cousins and her imaginary friend, but later when I reread it, it just seemed so boring to read and I wanted to save you guys the work of editing it. So when I talked to my aunt and told her that I had sent you guys her daughter Arya's story to your podcast, she gave me some more information about the whole thing. So to get into the story again, this goes back to 2008. My aunt's family and ours used to live in the same apartment complex on the same floor, just in different flats. During childbirth, my aunt had some complications. She and her baby almost died, but they revived both of them and she was born a healthy baby girl who they named Arya. But since Arya was an infant or a toddler, she always looked around like she's watching something, just giggling at it. Flash forward to when she had started talking. She would call her friend, rather her imaginary friend, Dada, which means big brother in Marathi. And when my aunt would ask her where Dada was, she'd just point somewhere beside my aunt.
1: Ashwara, let's make a rule for Chai and Chitthi going forward. We do not pick stories which have protagonists whose name have an odd resemblance to our names. Arya and Aryan are just too similar. Like... I, it's not the <laughs> night in India that's going to scare me. It's this story that's going to stick with me. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not comfortable with this. Maybe it's a
0: ghost after people with I'm this. I'm not okay
1: <laughs> with this, Aishwarya. This is, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Aryan. Poor Arya and her circumstances. I'm sure they're incredibly terrifying to you. But the email continues. So she would point somewhere alongside her aunt and she was calling this imaginary friend Dada, which means big brother. Arya would also ask them sometimes to keep their bedroom door open while sleeping because Dada couldn't open doors. After listening to this, they casually asked her what her friend did at night and she said he liked to stand at the end of their bed and watch them sleep. They asked her more about Dada and she said that he really only likes to talk and comes out after evening and at night, but sometimes he'd just come in the day too and just watch them as they went about their day and talk to her. A couple of times, my aunt would find her having full conversations with the closet and she'd stop when she saw my aunt had noticed her. When her dad once asked her where Dada lived, she pointed towards the closet and said that's where he hides. My aunt once woke up in the middle of the night and found Arya missing. She heard her talking and went towards the closet. When she went near the closet, she heard her say, quote, Don't worry, Dada, I'll protect you and I'll see you tomorrow again, end quote. This definitely creeped my aunt out. Before this... She had talked to a counsellor friend of hers about this and the counsellor had said that sometimes it's normal for kids her age to have and make imaginary friends, but this incident was not normal at all. She asked Arya what she was doing in the closet this late at night and she just smiled and said that Dada wanted to talk to her so she just kept him company. The next day my aunt and her husband told her to draw Dada and gave her some crayons and pages to draw on. According to what she drew, Dada looked just like a normal boy. But he had a big scar on his forehead and Arya said that's where he got hurt.
1: Aishwara, is this uh, fan mail or are you reading the screenplay of Insidious or Conjuring or some movie? Isn't this
0: terrifying? No,
1: this is a screenplay of a horror flick. It's straight up, it's straight up. Send this to Steven Spielberg. Let's make some money. (laughs)
0: No, this is truly, truly a terrifying story. Oh my god. (laughs) I know. She continues to say, but this didn't continue for long, as later my uncle got a transfer and they moved to Mumbai. After moving to their new house, Arya never saw or talked about Dada again. She doesn't even remember him at all now. He was just gone after that and she was like a quote normal kid again who made quote normal friends and still has a quote normal life and we're very happy that he's gone now so that's the story hope you guys liked it i try to narrate the story without any exaggeration at all love and more love to you guys keep the podcast going always in all caps love P.
1: ashwara um I know I'm not at liberty to reveal all the details but you have some Mm -hmm. experience uh, with similar, to this, similar yeah. to this right uh, imaginary friends for sure
0: so i can relate yeah, yeah i can relate yeah. and i can understand yeah. and we've all had creepy encounters with imaginary friends my mom recalls a time where i was just laying on the bed looking up at a fan like laughing and giggling and my mom asked me what i was doing and i pointed up to the fan and said i'm talking to the man that's on the fan oh my so we've God. definitely all had those experiences no we've, no we've freaky. not no we've not no we've not speak you for
1: yourself Speak for yourself.
0: (laughs) I guess I'm the only one. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) In a minority, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Oopsie. That's why we never got those emails on imaginary friends. I'm the only one. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, someday you'll (laughs) share that, I'm sure. But, uh, you know. I will, yeah. When the moment's right.
0: Okay, so Aran, good. While I've got your attention, the next story is also going to be mine.
1: Wow, she just... Yeah, I didn't know that. I had a story prepared, but okay. I'm going to save this one for later. How the
0: turntables. <laughs> yes, How the turntables.
1: Go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
0: It's from the office. Alright, this email reads, Hey there, I don't even know if this mail will reach you, but I wanted to give it a shot.
1: Eshwara it's not like we're in the 17th century where pigeons are flying and delivering mail. So... The mail is going to reach us. I I know. I know what the Stop. listener meant. I just thought it was funny. You know, the mail will reach us <laughs> every and single and time.
0: Jokes. Yeah, the pigeon has not died, listener. We did get your mail. <laughs> we got and your here mail. you go. It's on this episode. The email continues. Firstly, I'd like to say I'm a fan. Like, I never really listen to podcasts. But your Burari deaths episode got me hooked. Anyway, I'll proceed with the story. This happened in July or September 2022 It's a little long, but it sent shivers down my spine and still traumatizes me, so I wanted to share it. It's the first first first-hand experience I had, and I didn't believe in village myths and stories until this happened. This is the story of my late 13-year-old cousin, brother. So I'm from Guwahati, Assam, and my paternal grandmother lives in a village near the Guwahati airport. The village is small and they believe in all of those typical village haunted stories. But I never really believed any of those until most recently in July. The story I'm about to tell you was covered by the news. I couldn't find the post, but you might. It's on at Guwahati Plus and it's about the death of two boys.
1: Were you able to find it?
0: I was able to find it and I'll reveal that at the end of this episode. Holy crap. The email continues. So, one of my uncles from my late grandfather's side had a son. He was in the 7th grade. He, along with another little boy who was in class 2, went out one afternoon during mid-July, I guess to go fishing, around 12pm. That village is located near the river Brahmaputra, and on the banks, we have certain areas called ghats, where fishermen usually go to fish. Sometimes, even I used to go there, just to click pictures of the scenery. Anyway, my cousin, the 7th grader, had gone to the first ghat along with the little boy. And just to let you know, there are several ghats, but most of them aren't used by the fishermen. The bank was a little steep, and they were about to get into the river when a fisherman from the middle of the river saw them. He was worried about them since the water was deep and the bank was steep, so he kept shouting at them, Don't get in the water, son! He rowed as fast as he could. However... When he was in the middle of the river, he saw three people together, meaning he saw another person with my cousin and the little boy. Remember that this ghat isn't used much because it's steep, so it was impossible for anyone else to be there. And when he reached the boys, there were only two people. The fisherman asked my cousin who the third person with them was, but my cousin denied the presence of anyone with them. Later on, my cousin went to another ghat where he left his cycle. A few meters away from the second ghat was a third one, which no one had used in like forever. Completely abandoned, and no reason for the boys to go to because it was mostly dry and out of fish. But we don't know why they went there. Hours passed by. It was getting dark. My aunt was worried, my uncle went home searching for them, but nothing. Soon, my grandmother joined the search as well, and most of the village people went out to look for my cousin and the little boy. They searched every ghat. They found the fisherman who last saw my cousin and then they went to the second ghat I mentioned earlier. They found their cycles there. But they didn't find my cousin or even the other boy. Then they went to the third deeper ghat and found their slippers in front of a quicksandish (sighs) muddy area. They called the police and they searched everywhere. Soon, they started digging in the muddy area. My cousin was found around 5 feet inside the muddy area. My cousin was found around 5 feet inside the muddy area, his face facing downwards, his body vertically buried, not horizontally. When they tried to pull him up, it was as if something was holding him down. And no, it wasn't the second boy. They kept digging, but the younger boy was really deep inside. They couldn't find the second boy. Then they dropped something heavy on one side and the little boy floated upwards from the muddy area. They were both dead. No sign of struggle. Everyone was traumatized and I still get shivers. There was no reason for them to go to the third ghat. They've never been there. Fishing is something very common in our village and my cousin often went fishing. But he never went to that abandoned ghat because you can't even find any fish there. It doesn't end here people called in astrologers and priests. The priests said that according to an Assamese myth, something in that village was going to take away five boys. Boys from the village. This terrified the villagers. At first, I didn't believe in this, thinking it was bullshit. I definitely thought my cousin's death was an accident and didn't think too deep about it. Well, one week after... Another ninth grade boy from our village passed away in his sleep. He was sleeping alone in his room. No medical history, no diseases, nothing. Perfectly healthy boy passed away in his sleep at night. That's when they knew something was wrong, so the entire village performed a sort of havan and tried protective bands and everything on every boy in the village. Some days ago, another boy passed away. But I forget the reasons. I don't know why, but it's just something that really shook the shit out of me. I've heard many stories, but experiencing something like this firsthand was terrifying. Anyway, I hope this reaches you. Keep doing your podcasts. Always a fan. Much love. A. And with that, you guys, we come to the end of our fifth story. Like I mentioned, I did find an article that I think is referring to this story. The ages and the grades of the the two children that drowned is the same. So I will link it in the show notes down below for all of you to go and read. But what a terrifying and tragic tale. And we're sorry for your loss.
1: Yeah, our condolences and, you know, well wishes from the entire Desi family. But holy crap, was that scary
0: scary and well wishes to all of you who send in your stories to us oh, yeah, by yeah, the yeah, way i yeah. think you all need well, it. <laughs> well
1: wishes to me me and arya well There's, wishes to <laughs> arya yeah me and arya i think you know we have a special bond now <laughs> but more prudent advice than well wishes is something we at desi crime are known for so what would that be ashwarya
0: stay safe
1: stay crazy
0: stay desi